the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Stock Talk with Rob Black. Black. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Getting ahead, I got an email from a person named Luba, who is a student, and um, 800-516-1220, which calls on the air, um, and you can always drop me an email, robertrobblackshow.com. I can't answer stock questions by email, so there's just too many risks uh, for you and for me, so... Luba sends me an email, and he goes, uh, you know, I spoke through my friend of mine. Um, I really appreciate the topics that you discussed. I'm always in, only 19 years old. Investing and saving is something that has been on my mind since my first job. I try to put away as much as half of every paycheck into a savings account, although I almost entirely support myself beside my cell phone and insurance, and I get a lot of aid through the government for school. I work three jobs on campus through work-study and receive about $1,500 refund check three times a year from school. I recently received $3,000 refund check because I moved into the cheapest trailer parks uh, where rent is the absolute cheapest. So I guess in this case, the stu- school says, okay, you could have a, a dorm room or you could live in a trailer, and he chose to live in a trailer. Um, after lots of thinking, I decided that instead of just putting the three k into my savings account that earns no interest, I will invest it into a mutual fund. He goes, I don't want to make this email long and boring. I'm honored that you'll take the time to read this. I just wondering if this is a, wide cho- a wise choice, given the fact that I don't have a steady income and the market has been rising steadily in recent years. So I guess that's the question. Um, should you put money in the stock market now when you're a student? It's a $3,000 check. A little more information about him. I'm 19-year-old, uh, double major in ecology, biology, and psychology. Really trying to figure out what I want to do career-wise because I'm all over the place with my ideas and imagining myself in 20 years. Thank you so much. Um, so where do we go with this? I, I think first and foremost, you want to have an emergency fund because in their own words, um, you know, 
they kind of want access to it. Um, support themselves. Um, there's wants to make a wise choice, but uh, I don't have a steady income. Uh, are we destined for a crash? A lot of things like that came up in the email. Uh, so I would set up a nice savings account that covers like your expenses. Uh, since it's inconsistent, um, I probably put a little bit more money in that savings account. So your expenses might be your cell phone bill and a couple other things. Um, and then I would set up an emergency fund. And those are two very boring things. Setting up a banking account to pay your bills and then setting up an emergency fund in case that income stops coming in. And then you want to set up a... Uh, Retirement account. 20 years old, you don't have to hit the home run in investing. I would love for you to be in the situation where you could put that $3,000 into the stock market. I'd choose something like the Wilshire 5000 or the Russell 3000 fund to start. Uh, S&P 500 is not a bad choice. It's just a lot of large cap companies that have dividends, uh, which is they've had a great run. I'd consider a Russell 2000 fund if you're looking for some value in just America. I would look at European stocks, like a European ETF exchange traded fund, if you're thinking along those lines as far as value goes. I like the financials as a sector, and you can get an ETF uh, sector fund tied towards financials. Um, I think there's a lot of value there when you're seeing a company. Um, when you're seeing a company, a lot like. Um, When you're seeing a company like Goldman Sachs that hasn't done anything really in three years and, you know, it traded higher because of higher interest rates were coming, higher interest rates were coming, those kind of things, uh, and then they don't come, I think there could be some value there. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A couple of the things I want to talk about this sector and I, this segment. <laughs> so... Uh, it was a long email written with a little bit of broken English, but I think I got the answer out there. Um, owning a home is going to be a big thing for a lot of people. I was stunned to see the statistic that the average homeowner is 38 times wealthier than a renter in the United States. If millennials don't buy a home, their chances of actually having any wealth in this country are slim. Other than maxing out your 401k or your 403b or your 457, those are the only ways that you're going to, no, you might hit the lottery. Or you might have a high-paying job that leads to a higher-paying job that leads to a higher-paying job. So odds aren't you're going to be in a good position to buy a home when you're coming out of college. And it, it will take a long time. A lot of renters will need to save for over a decade before they can afford a home. And that's kind of crazy. Um, in Miami, to afford a home, you need to save for about 6.3 years. Uh, in Washington, D.C., about 11.6 years. In Denver, about 16 years. In L.A., about 20 years. In San Jose, about 23 years. So you're 20 years old. It's going to take you till you're 43 to afford a home. Americans currently owe about $1.3 trillion in student loans, and that's probably the biggest weight around owning a home. And when I say weight, it's W-E-I-G-H-T. Um, as far as weight goes. So uh, so owning a home is part of the American dream, but getting the ability to get the down payment is brutal. So some of the things you can do to kind of accelerate that, getting the money for down payment, 
is stop spinning mindlessly. Um, if you talk to anyone who has uh, succeeded in saving a million dollars, part of it is, is your spending. Not just your income, not just your savings, not just your investments, but your spending. Knowing how much you spend lets you determine when you get value out of your dollars. I think lifestyle inflation is something that happens. Um, as I've gotten older, I've gotten nicer vehicles. Uh, until recently, when I went backwards. My earnings have increased. I didn't boost spending. I put that extra money into savings. Um, if you could buy lunch, dinner every day, you're going to go way further. Uh, there's a restaurant in my hometown that sells a kid's beef and beans burrito. A kid's burrito. Uh, for $15. And that's where I can get to say what. Restaurant in my hometown sells a beef and beans kids burrito for $15. Say what? Say what? Say what? Uh, my producer fell asleep. Uh, buying lunch and dinner every day is very expensive. Um, easily, you could spend five to ten thousand dollars and not eat. And you could spend five to thousand dollars while eating very poor because there's a lot of butter and a lot of salt and a lot of grocery and a lot of uh, food that you buy at restaurants. Um, other things that you can have is too much living space. Uh, living big in a tiny home. Um, that's the way I would go about it. Do you really need a 1,400 square foot apartment when you can get by with a 700 square foot apartment? So the less space, the less you're going to pay for it, more often than not. Um, don't try to show up your friends. That's a way to save extra money for retirement. How to get money for a deposit on your house. Um, is don't get the Warriors tickets. Now, I know some people get Warriors tickets and they resell most of their games and they end up doing very well, but you get the idea. Be careful what you spend. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Strippers, for the record. <laughs> Not right now. Well, well you did. Um, anyway, change what? the topic. Change the topic. <laughs> um, How far is the delay on this thing? <laughs> so Good thing it's Friday. We're going over the investing concepts of accumulating wealth, of getting your first million dollars. And we hit number one pretty good, which was tied towards budget. Number two on the list. 
Yeah, know your savings goals and invest in yourself. Okay, savings goals. If you were to ask me, my savings goals are probably have enough money to last from 60 to 100, have enough money to own a home, have enough money to maybe have a vacation home in retirement, have enough money to travel in retirement. Are because you started saving when you were in your 20s, yes. actually in your teens, for your, you know, for you and I, I both kind of got into that. Um, you, you'll be able to do that. You have a chance to do that. Okay. Um, people these days, especially with, no matter what they deal with, the budget deficits and tax reforms, nobody's still tackling the issues, which is entitlements that need to be reformed. And the only way they're going to be reformed is reduced. For you know, you're, They're not going to kick in until you're older. And the more income you make, the less you're going to get from the government. So, just, just so people know, they can tax the wealthiest people as much as they want, and it's still not going to fund the entitlements. It's not going to come close. It's not going to come close. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a situation that is a if you're doing any of our advisors when they're doing plans for people under 45 we don't count social security at all okay. not at all if it's going to be there it's going to be also along with higher taxes so if you start saving 10 percent of your pay in your 20s and every time you get a raise you make sure you're increasing you know you're not it's just not a flat number yeah. it's always 10 percent of what you're making then you can probably retire when you're 65 um, if you wait until you're 40 to start saving, you have to save 20 to 25 percent of your pay just to be able to hope to retire mediocre income at age 70. Got it. I mean, in the Bay Area, how many people can afford to set aside 25 percent of their net? You and I should invest in trailer parks. Yeah, you know, you're right. Stackable trailer parks too. Because there's going to be a lot of trailer people. Trailer park apartments. Trailer park apartments. Super glued together. That sounds like a new show on Fox this year. So. I might have just gave Fox their, their their comeback show. They've lost everyone. What would be great about it would be like you'd have this really hot 20-year-old girl who's like, Chad, Chad, <laughs> I've got all my teeth. <laughs> Check them out. My boyfriend stole all my money in a jar. <laughs> Why do you have money in a jar? Well, we don't have a bank. <laughs> Trailer Park Apartments. It's kind of like Beverly Hills 90210. Get Heather Locklear's daughter in it, kind of thing. That'd be, that'd be hot. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's hanging out by the trailer park pool. But anyway, okay, I'm totally aggressive. Um, and you know what happens to people when they start when they save really really late? Tell me. They start looking for something that's going to catch them up. Right. So they end up following the crowd into real estate at the last minute. They end up investing towards the for the first time at the top of the market. At the top before one of the big downturns. Yeah. And instead of buying even more at the bottom, they sell everything and they go to cash. And then they go to the next thing, and that might be oil at the top, and then that crashes. And so they keep taking whatever money they have and dwindling it down by chasing the next best thing. Right. Instead of just systematically investing in index funds for your first 250000 Or what I've seen people do is instead of buying Apple, they want the next Apple. Mm-hmm. They they read on, online about a company that's supplying parts to Apple. Yeah, and they're going to try to ride that because it's ten dollars stock OLED, you know, organic LEDs kind of thing. And next thing you know, Apple cuts them as a supplier, and the stock's worth nothing. Yeah, I see a lot of mistakes with people trying to kind of do it right, but do it wrong nonetheless. Yep, and and a lot of times instead of going to seminars and trying to learn trading strategies and stuff like that, look. You've got to realize the world is changing, yes. and if, unless there's some sort of an emotional attachment to your job with people, um, you're going to be replaced. Hmm. So invest in yourself, invest in your ability to earn money and adapt to the changing world that we live in. One of the very first girls I ever dated was a woman named Rachel, and she worked at Wendy's. And I picked her up one day, and she was in an emotionally fragile state because her manager made her go to the toilet and like pick up vomit or clean up vomit kind of oh, stuff. man. 
Um, <laughs> man, can I tell you some fast food stories about toilets? I could. Uh, but in this case, she's emotionally fragile. I'm like, I'll hug you. Come here, Rachel. And like, I was making out with her and I was getting like, getting my game on because she was all damaged. That's right. There's a little puke on your finger. I'll get, lick it off. Oh, um, oh, look, it's mayonnaise. We just lost our last five listeners. There you go. So anyway, yeah. um, what I was bringing that up with is um, those fast food jobs are going away fast. So Wendy's has announced that they're putting in to 2,000 of the restaurants kiosks because mm-hmm. millennials don't want to talk to real people. They want to order through a kiosk. And the kiosks are pretty cool now. They're not like what they used to be. They're pretty uh, easy to use, and you say no mayo, it's no mayo. So, and there's proof that you said it. So, so anyway, um, I think what you're, I was getting at is jobs are going away. Yeah, but I mean, even when there's a scenario like if manufacturing comes back from China and a factory here, it's going to be, you know, way less job is going to be replaced by automation. Yes, but an entire service industry will, you know, grow up around that automation. So. You don't want to be in something that's competing with Amazon. You want to be ancillary to that. You want to be don't want to be something that's competing with a repetitive task. Um, service industry, you know, even finances, the the lower end finance, financial planning is all being automated. I'm with you. So, you know, invest in yourself. Don't don't even worry about the next stock or anything else. Once you get your emergency reserve set up, you're maxing out your 401k uh, for the max, then think about, okay, how can I maximize my income? You know, Rick Elliman just came out with a book recently, and one of the tenets inside of it is college isn't important anymore. That mm-hmm. continuing education is going to be much more important. I don't think he was saying don't go to a four-year school, but it kind of looked like the headline said don't go to a four-year school. I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs that I know, I mean, the, the whole point of the college experience is, yeah. is the networking, really. Okay. It's it's not necessarily the learning that you do. I think I, these kids are almost overstimulated in, in ADD in terms of processing information. Okay. A friend of mine joined a frat back in college, and I was like, you're paying for friends? And then what I watched him do afterwards was he'd come to San Francisco. He had a friend that he could stay with, go to L.A. He had a friend he could stay with. Need a job, he can check with his friend in San Francisco. Need a job, he can check with his friend in L.A. And uh, fraternities are just basically glorified social networks, right? It's your intro to LinkedIn 101 Absolutely. with a lot more beer. So you can find CFP Chad Burton and women in the pharmacy. <laughs> Good. I'm glad that's all you're going to say. You Let's know, Snapchat. There. Evan, Spiegel, Evan Spiegel at Stanford was in a fraternity. And Snapchat was basically, let's talk about women and send each other pictures about them kind of thing. Um, and now it's one of the hottest IPOs. So there's nothing wrong with being in a frat and focusing on women. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com.
questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I think it's only a matter of time before I burn out of this job. Before I burn out of the whole Bay Area. Just not brutally tough. I'm not sure if you're with me or against me on that one, but someone who I care enormously for posted on Facebook. Maybe I just need to get off Facebook that her daughter was in a Broadway show off Broadway, way off Broadway, and she got to play the lead, not the lead character, but a lead, one of the top characters who gets a tap dance solo. And it was one of those songs like, I wish I could tap away my life or something that I go, that sounds horrible. <laughs> like I'm thinking about some person's kid. And I'm thinking like, Broadway shows don't last forever. And I have this like crazy amount of stress on me that, like, what do we need to do about tomorrow? And I don't think I have the answer for it. I, I tried to do this show where I'm like, okay, get a good education, personal finance, use your tax fund, refund, uh, get a grip on your credit card debt. Uh, where is my tax refund? Things like that. I try to use this show to get people ready for the future, to get ready for retirement. And I don't think it's as easy as it sounds because I get a little stressed when I see someone's Facebook post. Now, I'm not one of those people who gets depressed and like, oh, good God, Jared's in Hawaii again. Oh, let's see a gratuitous picture of his wife on the beach. Oh, yeah, she's yeah she's great. She's had a little work there and on that. Like, I don't get depressed about that. I get depressed about, like, the future of our kids. Like, I've got a niece who I love enormously, but she hasn't got a job yet. And she's been out of college for a year and a half. And her Facebook posts are like, look at me, I'm in Europe. Look at me, I'm, you know, with my old buddies back at college. Look at me. And I'm like, let's see, look at you when you get you that job. Because mommy and daddy's money runs out. So I stressed a little bit. So I think I'm going to burn out eventually. And uh, when I do, you can always find me at Rob, robblack.com. I'm either going to buy a, a mountain place or a beach place. And uh, if it's mountain place, watch out. I'm going to set booby traps, right? Uh, maybe beach place. I'm going to sit on the beach with my toes in the sand. If everybody had a I won't have my own ocean, but I will sit on the beach. So this show kind of stresses me out a little bit because, like, I'll even talk to my board op, and I'll go, Mike, 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 you got enough saved up for retirement? How are you doing? And he's like, Well, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, well, I mean, I'm doing okay. And there's people I, I see, like, who are not him, but others who are like, Are you living with your mom and dad in their garage their whole life? And the answer might be yes. And for some reason that makes me sad. That like that, that it's a stress to me. So please note that I do the show because I really want to get a lot of people to retirement in a healthy, pushing kind of way. And the best way to do that is max out your 401k, your 403b, your 457. Then after that, you need to start looking at your expenses. Are you buying a lot of plastic guns? Throw them away. Your kids don't really need them. I had a friend this weekend talk to me about parenting, and he goes, so what do I do? My kid, 
has like two cars in the house. I'm like, okay, well, let's start with that. Cars should be outside the house. Because my kid has two cars in the house. And, um, it's not my fault. I want to take one of the two cars away from him, but do I talk to him and go, hey, little two-and-a-half-year-old, uh, we're going to give your car to charity. We're going to give it to some other kid. Now! <laughs> or do you just take it out in the middle of the night and he goes, where's my car? And my answer was, just love him and get rid of the car. And uh, if your kid's got that voice, now, you've done something wrong leading up to that and work on that. I just think we, we live in a world of too much materialism that like is costing us our retirement. So uh, the John Cusack saying anything was kind of funny. Um, in the sense, like, do you remember when he's standing outside and... Uh, I think her name was Naomi Sky. Um, her room, and he's playing uh, "In Your Eyes," and that's like an amazing love song. And you're like, uh, it's not an amazing love song. It's a song about "In Your Eyes." I see the door of a thousand churches. It's eyes of Christ. Like anytime you see like Jesus Christ painted, it's all about the eyes on some levels. Um. And Peter Gable is like, if you want to use the song as a love song as you can, but it's not a love song of, like that kind of love song. It's a love song for, you know, the eyes of Christ. Um, and I'm not taking away from find whatever you want in a song, but one of my favorite lines ever in the movie, Say Anything, it, it still haunts me a little bit, was when Lloyd Dobler said, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything, bought or processed, or buy anything, sold or processed, or process anything, sold, bought or processed, or repair anything, sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So I get a little stressed out when I think about people's future. Because Lloyd needs to get a job. Um, at the same time, he's the most original, authentic, he just wants to love a woman, sit on the beach and put his toes in the sand. I don't know, I can't figure it all out tonight, so I'm just going to hang with you, dog. That's a little Lloyd Dobler for you. And, uh, you know, the goal of this show is to get people, all people, to retirement with someone that they love. To get people, all people, to retirement so they'd be great-grandparents. To get people, all people, to have some dignity in retirement. So, um, 1989, say anything. So, back when the trench coat was kind of cool to wear. Not so sure that it is today. So, what does retirement mean to you? It's a funny thing. Because some people have no idea in any way, shape, or form what that means. And I think they're in for a shock. I was talking to a neighbor, and uh, he retired maybe two or three months ago. And I go, how you doing, George? And he's like, doing great, doing great. Retirement's awesome. And I said, that's funny because um, I know a lot of people who struggle with that first you know, year. He's like, ah, I went to two Yankee games. And um, so he's a New Yorker from the Bronx. And uh, I guess he went down to Florida, then he went up to New York or something like that. And uh, I'm like, okay, good, good. So he, he is enjoying it. And he's like, I don't know how I ever worked when I have so much to do. That's a great, great kind of retirement. Not everyone gets there. So he's staying busy in retirement. His wife, uh, I'm not going to say her name because it's pretty unique. Um, 
when she retired a few years back, she was kind of a government worker, a city worker. And she kind of doubled up in, on yoga and doubled up on exercise and doubled up on staying fit and, and moving around. Um, I don't know what my retirement looks like. I know that I'm getting a little burned out. I know that the stress of seeing people, you know, put 50, 60% of their pay into something, it's not fun to see. Um, I saw something on the millennials recently that the millennials are giving up on San Francisco. And I, find, I went like, no doubt, right? Um, it's just too expensive. And I don't mind the expensive part because like, I've done well on that side. Um, but I start looking at other people. And when you look at other people, you're like, I feel bad for them. Like I said, my friend whose daughter is in a, in a, a musical, I love it. That's a validation that you know all your hard work in theater paid off. But I also go, there ain't a lot of money in musicals unless you are, um, I don't even know who the famous Broadway show person is, um, Mendoza, who, who's the woman who sings Wicked? <laughs> so, uh, you can see how much I care about Broadway at this point in time. But I was reading a story that said, 46% of millennials living in San Francisco say they're ready to leave the nation's hottest rental market. And that tells me it's probably time to sell and move on. Like, everyone's kind of burned out. Because millennials are the people who will throw money at Dina Mazel. And Dina Mazel, um, we're flying higher. In gravity. Uh, cute musical, but I want to base a career on it. So 46% of millennials are leaving... No, no. 46% of millennials living in San Francisco want to leave. Um, now, millennials now 18 to 39. And they're the people who throw money at almost anything. They're like, Austin, Texas? I want to go. Austin loves me. Um, Elbow? Elbow's coming from Europe and they're playing in the United States. I want to go see Elbow. Cost of living was the biggest motivating factor. With 65% of millennials surveyed saying that it's, it's, it's tough. Losing our youth is a very bad economic and social strategy for San Francisco and the Bay Area. When they leave, the housing market needs other people. See, the housing market always needs the next mom. Um, you live in a good community. You want someone else to go, I want to live in that community one day. And they kind of step up and they replace the, the grandparent, sells to their kid, who sells to their grandkid kind of thing. You kind of need some sort of stratus, some sort of like thing that works on a level. And millennials want to leave San Francisco. Sell me a lot of burnout. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter at Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I want it, can't have it. Oh, I can hardly stand it. Oh, what's a man to do? bit about making money on the side and you and I both know a fireman 
-hmm. And I won't bring up his name because it starts getting a little bit too close. Um, But he's one of those people that's been a listener of the show for years, and he's benefited from, you know, not making mistakes. One of the things I try to do is I try to teach people, you know, max out the 401k, the 403b, the 457. He's going to get a nice pension later in life. Um, I get the feeling he's going to be pretty darn wealthy because he continues to make smart decisions or savvy decisions, and he takes chances. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things that I could throw out there if this is the last segment that I would do on the show is that sometimes you have to expose your money to chances. Um, in his case, he bought, he's always been into Airbnb because his lifestyle is pretty, you know, I work four straight days and I have four days off. And when you work in the Bay Area, you happen to have a piece of property that a lot of people from around the world would come and say, ooh, it's cheaper than a hotel and I get a stove. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are pretty pleased with that. And this has been a guy who's taken chances and moved in the right direction. Um, he sold his home in San Francisco, is that right? And he bought one in Tahoe. Um, so he's not going to get the appreciation out of San Francisco going forward, which, again, is pretty nice. Um it seems, and I hate saying this out loud, it seems like if you have money, you can make money. I've made more money in the Bay Area real estate than I have in Portland or Raleigh, even though I've owned Portland and Raleigh for three times as long. So it's that leverage here, which is helping me on the upside, but it could have been on the downside, too. I've known more people go bankrupt. I mean, he, he could have also seen the sign of the times and uh, taken the equity and, and moved to where he wanted to. Um you know, his lifestyle definitely fits a lot of flexibility when it comes to uh, the choices he made in real estate. And I think that people, I think he looked out of the box. I don't, you know, and you can call that savvy uh, in taking chances, but he looked out of the box and, you know, using Airbnb on the, I mean, if you know, eight, $10,000, $12,000 a year extra, that's, that's money in your pocket. You, know, you pay a little bit of taxes on it. You have to put it on your tax returns, which we see these all the time. Um, but that helps with the mortgage payment. That helps make you know a little bit easier saying. And he's picking the right places too. He, it's it's not like he has Airbnb. He had one in San Francisco. Right now he has one in Tahoe. And this is a I think a very out of the box and savvy move. Um, and I think it's a, a I think it's what the next generation of home buyers will start thinking about. I think Airbnb is fantastic if your community allows it. I think a lot of communities are going to start. Saying no, I mean, we we I did an Airbnb down in Santa Cruz, and I'm looking at this like, oh, it's okay, the price is right. And then I got to, uh, we called the guy. He's like, okay, well, don't go to that address that's on Airbnb. You have to go to this address, and it was in a gated community. They just don't tell anybody if they ask you that you're right. doing Airbnb. Just say you're visiting from out of town. But it was right on the beach, but he can't advertise it, so he has to advertise a different address, which is kind of weird. But it um, is kind of weird that you have to do these loopholes because you're going to get caught eventually. He he hasn't yet, and I'm going to use this place again because it's right on the beach. You can watch whales and all that good stuff in the, in the bay. I think watching whales is overrated. I'd rather watch it them is, on TV. But it's, it's pretty cool when you can sit on your balcony and watch whales jump. Oh, there's a whale right there. I'd rather see a beached whale than a watching whale go <laughs> on and down. You, you, actually get, talk, you actually get to see it. Yeah, it's a little bit more East Coast beach whales than it is. Well, and, and again, that's a horrible thing to say out loud, but I prefer um, you know those but that's Earth Planet kind of things, shows. Myself. Let's go to a phone call. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Zier in Oakland? Yes, hi. Hi. Speaking about low-crime areas, uh, calling from Oakland. 
So uh, I had a question. Been enjoying your program this morning, and uh, and especially what you talked about earlier, retirement was very pertinent to me. Um, I um, I've been looking at this. Uh, I bought some Shopify stock earlier this year, and uh, it's a company that I've actually I've been a customer, and I was really blown away by the customer service. And I just you know I bought it more on a feeling, and it's We're running out of time. Really, We're running out of time. Really, yeah. I'm just wondering, what do you think? It's kind of overvalued now. I was thinking about adding more. What's your thoughts about that? I've never run into Shopify in any way, shape, or form. I haven't run into the stock. I haven't run into the service. You're the first person to ever bring it up to me. Um, thanks for the call. Shopify, one analyst at Wedbrush calls it an $85 stock. He thinks the company is going to continue to grow um, above e-commerce mark growth rates for the sort of foreseeable future. He believes the current expectations imply subscriber counts of about 400,000, creating a possible scenario of upside to numbers. Um, I've never heard of it. Um, I don't know it from Jack. It's currently around $71, and there's some commentary out there about potentially them being acquired. So some M&A circulation activity. Amazon for Shopify is the idea on the acquisition. So I think there's probably some upside as long as that continues to be the the story out there um, that they could be acquired. If you take a look at the stock, it's been fantastic. Um, it's been a strong supporter in good markets and bad markets and sideways markets. Um, it's been a slow and steady uh, gainer. So um, is there unlimited upside? Probably not. Uh, you're not talking about a company that has a good valuation. It's not earning money is what I'm trying to say. So it's it's tough to say, ooh, I see this one going to the, the moon. Boom, 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 we're going to the moon. That's not going to happen. Um, it's got a PE about 630 times next year's earnings. That's way too high. Um, but it's growing, and that's the story. As long as they have the revenue, Wall Street will, will forgive it. So will Amazon acquire them? I don't know. Um, I'm intrigued. I'll take a look at Shopify later um, because I don't know the service, I, and I kind of wish that I did. Tony, you ever hear of Shopify? Not really. I thought, okay. I thought it was Spotify, but there you go. Yeah, that's what I've never heard of it. 800-516-1220, if you want to get a loan, if you want to talk about what uh, our firefighter friend has done, you can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.